morning puja particular construction form formation and, uh, it's very obviously uh, a formation something we do quite deliberately and the theme is it's pretty much the same every day mm. so it's like a set piece like a certain mini drama you could say a certain poem song uh, ritual that we present um, so there's no doubt about it this is purely a formation um, and that's great because a lot of the formations of our mind we tend to take as reality and the real thing and something we sort of just find ourselves thrown into and struggle along with and all the messages within that mental formations are perceptions that's impressions mental impressions signs signals and feeling mental feeling the the uh, quality of agreeable or disagreeable so this is the these are the qualities or the forms or the experiences that push shape mold the chitta so for example a perception such as clock time gives us a certain push forwards shapes the mind in terms of moving forwards imagines there's such a thing as a forward direction in time you create clock time then the mind adopts that form of moving forward it's just it's just a very normal uh, and commonly held perception of course in reality we don't nothing happens like that that is there's no sense of an equal movement forward a minute at a time things rush things stagnate things seem to lock things suddenly spasm uh, actual experiential time is much more uh, indeterminate than that but we are adopt that that perception that construction of clock time because it's convenient for something but it's not convenient for liberation because we're dealing with purely an artifice and one that we don't really even see as an artifice we definitely everything's running according to that our social world is running according to that so yeah you know but now we're on a desert island, we're on a raft, we're on a boat out in the ocean. And yeah, we still have these clock time things, but the idea is you can pick them up. Okay, that's that, it's 7.30, it's 5 o'clock, it's this, that. Right, and then now we enter something else. Particularly the sense of the repetitions, which in ordinary... Uh, perception of that is either not going anywhere um, tedious uh, waste of time because we should be doing something more useful which is new things and a certain sense of progress and excitement that comes from doing something new it's different better feeling than that and, and that energy is called becoming and as we follow that, we notice nothing, nothing ever becomes anything. 
it kind of changes into something else, and that changes into something else, and it changes into something else, and it gets good, and it gets bad, and pleasant, and unpleasant, and and tidy that, and fix that, and put that away, and wind that up, and put that down, and clean that up, and get another one, and so on. And there's never any end, there's no conclusion in that. And yet it always moves as if there is a conclusion. On Friday we will have, uh, by the weekend we will have, by the end of the year, yes, and it doesn't happen that way. Uh, In reality, and certainly when you're contemplating experience in, in terms of your mind, it's just constant, there's a dynamic and there's either involvement with it or stepping back from it. It's a pretty simple movement in some ways. Movement out of the time flow circumstance. Mm. These are very fundamental perceptions. Um, time, um, space, uh, you know, the idea of there being a um, geographical space, which is a very handy organizational tool. And yet, really, where are we? Mm. <laughs> where is your chitta? Uh, how come it can be still, you know, absorbed in the same kind of scenarios that it was when you were technically 500 miles away? It hasn't moved in in, t- in space in that sense. It, when we contemplate our experience of body, we may very well think, "Oh, my feet are down there." just check that out a sensation arises you call it down there or you call it behind me or you call it but that that's created that sense of you know there's no no down there or up here it's just the arising these are perceptions and Clearly there's a lot more that can be said about that. Perceptions of what feels friendly or hostile or um, waste of time or really exciting. These are orientations around perceptions. And uh, Buddha's pretty clear about that. All perceptions are impermanent, unsatisfactory and not self. Wow. Hmm. So there is a stepping back from that. There is the sense of the release from perception. Perceptions may occur, but instead of them generating, shaping the mind into some kind of push or activity or habit, this is a perception, there is a release from that. This is shaping the mind. Now, in this puja, you play with perception. So it's a deliberate picking up perception to shape the mind in a a way that may be helpful. Where we kind of dislodge Thursday morning or living in New Jersey or wherever into an I am now touching into Buddha, Buddha Dhamma land. I'm in my Dhamma community. I'm not an American or Japanese or I am a Dhamma being. And you know that's great actually, uh, because you know all nationalities are suffused in sorrow and horror of some kind, as well as of course it's a mingled thing. 
but uh, one arises as a Dhamma fairer in the Dhamma community and you check in you check in this is where I'm at and it gives you a sense of some leverage on the habitual perceptions of does the New Jersey, wherever, you know, my street, my life, my job, which becomes so enthralling and not necessarily fun enthralling, but they they rest it like octopuses, they just get all over you. <laughs> yeah. All over your chitta. It's a point when the chitta is so dazzled and blinded and stupefied by it, it can barely really move in a clean, clear way. We're driven along. And in Dhamma land, then you draw upon the jitta's psychic perceptions. It's not from the level of everyday circumstantial reality, but from the level of deep meaning, which is embedded in jitta, in its psyche, in in that we might say more archetypal level of mind, bring up what is the blessed one, Bhagawa. Blessed, blessed, mm. bestowing. What would it be like to be so profoundly welcomed, so profoundly given to? without any reservation um, seen as sacred mm. almost unbelievable to to take as a, as a person mm. but jitta mm, its ability to aspire and we are recognizing or touching into or recalling Chitta's ability to transcend this Punch and Judy show. This kind of um, circumstantial reality which isn't yeah well you know It's those blessings on me. I offer praise. Flowers, incense, candles, light, water, chanting, voice, offering, gesture of offering. Offering, no transaction, just just sheer offering. Particular image like that shapes the mind into an energy that rises. It's definitely a formation, but we're shaping the mind, beginning the day shaping the mind into an energy that, that gently rises. It's not clawing upwards, it's not trying to become something, it's just something that, that can lift from the mass of history.
clearly this is just one element in in the whole theme of practice because when we we're not denying history or personal karma but lifting from it so that we can stand beside that stand outside that and investigate and unravel the knots of personal history mm-hmm. and recognizing there is a place that we can in the chitta where we can stand outside ourself our personal package is a quality faith devotion this essential initiating indriya of the five indriya one that begins there is there's no faith there is no practice it is not the suggestion that there could be a way out of suffering that there could be a rising out of this intricate personal package if there's no aspiration indication that is possible there is no dharma practice there are certainly good things one can do but it's faith is the initiator of dharma practice not self-improvement but dharma practice And that requires a certain step, a lift, a stepping out, an energy, a constant reiteration and recollection of the potential of the goal, something that leads us out of suffering beyond the conditioned world. The phrases are all there and beautiful. beautiful the puja the aim of it is to have a quiet beauty flowers light voices harmony something melodic that lifts the heart in a beautiful way and then so when you cultivate the puja you cultivate the ritual form of it for what it can do and certainly it's known purely as that as an exercise of citta and then you may be making those sounds and one or two phrases in that recollection just one or two maybe just one sort of comes to mind or resonates and then you contemplate the meaning of that there's a whole lot of stuff and you just go through it but each day maybe something comes up ocean-like compassion You know, something lands in, oh yes, there's the gift. Rise to that, recollect that, that's where you are. Uh, that's where your citta is open to, leaning to, uh, touched by. And then this cultivates, gives a certain cultivation. And it's... Uh, you know, there are quite a few chants one can do. The beauty of it is it's rather like you spread out the whole lot and 
you never know quite which one is going to land today and it could be even just the sense of hey here we all are you know from all over the place here we all are gathering together it could just be the sense of the occasion itself as that supportive energy just to to just chant but just that sheer kaya sankara the bodily formation of chanting and you have to relax your shoulders you have to let the breath be deep unhurried regular regulate it open the throat not worry about whether you've got a good voice or not. Open the throat, let the breath acquire sound, present it, form it. And there's certain resonances occur in the body, particularly the chest and the head. You get a, an energetic resonance occurs there that is clarifying and brightening in terms of the bodily somatic field. And in this we are beginning to sense the field, the mental field, the psychic field, the somatic field of the Buddha, of Buddha, awakeness, truth, harmony, harmony. 